General Average Dealing with the Costs of a Hijacking Mitsui and Co. Limited and others versus Biteli Gung's Gesellschaft LPG Tanker Flotter MBH and Co. KG of 2014. The recent judgment in the Longchamp has overturned accepted industry thinking in how bunkers and crew wages are dealt with in a hijacking. Not only has it wrong-footed lawyers, but it flies in the face of the written and considered views of the Advisory Committee of the Association of Average Adjusters and opens up interesting questions on other heads of claim not considered in the judgment. The judge was asked to consider whether a number of items, familiar to anyone who has dealt with a Somali hijacking case, were recoverable in the general average, GA. These included media response services, crew wages, bunkers and telephone charges. The hijacking took place in January 2009, lasted just under two months and resulted in a ransom of 1.85 million US dollars. The total amount of expenses in issue was a modest 181,604 US dollars, reflecting the short duration of the hijacking. Of these, the most controversial were the bunkers and crew wages. The background facts. After capture, the vessel's master was directed to sail the vessel to the Somali coast to what the advisory committee referred to as a pirate's lair, which in their view was not a port of refuge in the sense understood under the York-Antwerp rules, YAR. Their rationale was that the lives of the crew were at the complete mercy of the pirates and the dangers threatening the vessel were at their maximum. Any vessel anchored off Somalia in the control of pirates remains in the grip of an insured peril. The negotiations began with the pirates demanding six million US dollars and the owners countering with their own opening of three hundred and seventy three thousand dollars. The pirates' arbitrary opening was matched by a figure set by the owners at an amount giving rise to the impression of accounts being emptied. The target settlement figure was said to be 1.5 million US dollars, which put it at what must have been the lower end of the pirates' own expectation of an acceptable settlement range. That is, the range of figures where both sides can be happy with the result, which is often referred to as the market rate, a concept roundly condemned by the judge. The figures are important in the context of the dispute and argument that arose between the parties on substituted expenses. Substituted expenses Under Rule F of the YAR, a substituted expense is only allowed in GA if, amongst other things, there was a hypothetical alternative course of action which, had it been adopted, would have involved expenditure claimable in GA. The expense is allowed where it appears more economical than the alternative expense and, in the event that the substituted expense turns out to be more expensive, it is capped at the lower alternative amount. Having concluded that bunkers, like wages, were an expense, the court considered whether the saving between the ransom initially demanded and the ransom ultimately paid was real 
in circumstances where no owner would ever pay the original demand made. The final hurdle for the claimants was to prove that the expenditure was reasonably incurred. That was not the same, the judge held, as the ransom being reasonable, which he said was rationally misconceived. There is no such thing, it seems, as a reasonable ransom. Surprisingly, however, he also found against the assertion made that it was inevitable that the amount of ransom would be reduced by the process of negotiation. Such was the unpredictability of the pirates, it seems, that this was not certain. Pirates are not necessarily rational in many things, but it seems improbable that any owner has ever paid a ransom that exceeded the initial demand and certainly not one that was for more than the value of the vessel. Whereas the judge found that the six million US dollars could have been reasonably incurred, the association had said that the only reasonable ransom was the one actually agreed and paid. The court's conclusion meant that the starting point for the calculation of the substituted expenses was the opening demand of the pirates, not the actual amount paid. It would therefore allow that in any normal piracy hijacking situation, where there would normally always be a saving between the original demand and the amount paid, then the costs and expenses incurred during the negotiation, including those not directly incurred to secure the release of the vessel, are recoverable in GA. In this case, that also included the media communication costs and the telephone charges claimed. It follows that those costs, which are claimed as substituted expenses, are capped at the difference between the starting point of the pirate's ransom demand and the final amount paid. One can foresee a situation where that figure may be exceeded and the cap comes into play. Comment in the end, the judge seems to have been guided by principles of equity and, accordingly, it was right in his view that natural justice requires that all should contribute to such substituted expenses. In this case, the amounts in issue were small. However, in the larger, more drawn-out hijackings involving higher-value tankers that lasted over 10 months, the cost of wages and bunkers could have been as much as $2 million and there are several claims and adjustments that have not been settled that may yet need to be reconsidered. Having opened the door on such expenses, particularly bunkers, the decision raises another interesting possibility that was not considered by the judge. There were vessels where pirates burnt the bunkers on board and then, when these were exhausted, burned cargo to avoid the need for a bunker resupply. This happened in circumstances where the negotiation process was completely controlled by owners, leaving charterers and cargo unable to influence or contribute to the strategy being followed. In the interests of equity, it will be interesting to see whether these costs can also be brought into GA.